0: Welcome to the Hidden Healing Podcast, where we talk about all of the work that we have to do, even after we've done the therapy. Lately, I've been babysitting a little boy, and he is so adorable. He was watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and... (laughs) Um, I haven't seen that, believe it or not. That came out in 2005 when my son was my oldest was five. Well, in this episode, Mickey said, It's a hidden treasure. And Goofy said, Treasure? Where? I love treasure. And Mickey says, It's hidden. That means we have to find it first. And then they go on this beautiful adventure to find this hidden treasure. And it reminded me of my title of this podcast because the hidden information that we're looking for is like finding a treasure because we're really uncovering our true self and so we have to find it first we have to go and look it really resonates with me that this work that we're doing is really to uncover treasure because we are that treasure aren't we um, just incidentally, we were also watching a Disney movie, watching Wreck-It Ralph with my two-year-old friend, and in my head, I'm screaming about all the lessons that are in it, but this specific point, King Candy gets in his car and drives over to Ralph when Ralph was alone and tells Ralph that he's actually trying to save Vanellope's life, that she's a glitch, and if he doesn't keep her from racing, she could die, and he paints this, this picture, you know, and Ralph is so sad and he buys it. Um, In my head, I'm screaming, Ralph needs lessons in peopling. The king and all those girls are abusive and mean and Ralph should see that as a sign and know that he cannot trust them. But Ralph was in the dump by himself all those years while everyone else was over there peopling and learning how to be friends with other people and so Ralph doesn't have that training and so in my head I'm screaming Ralph red flags you got to see the red flags now that I'm watching all these movies again I'm seeing all of the of the lessons that they teach that I never saw before and so I find it really interesting I find it interesting that the writers write in a way that the characters are true to themselves so you know, we could see the signs as a as a healthy individual, at least I could see the signs of King Candy and all of the little girls that raced the cars and how mean they were. But in my unhealthy state, it didn't cross my mind to even think that. I just thought that was interesting this week and everything that I've been going through learning about that that's the way my mind is perceiving these lessons now. This week, I want to talk about complex post-traumatic stress disorder and marriage It's interesting to me because I've been married for 24 years in January, which is what, like two months away. I have seen like the whole gamut of all the things that marriages go through. But also I saw my my grandparents, um, my grandma and her third husband, I guess was the only relationship that I ever saw that lasted. So I kind of thought that that was the model to copy, which is really funny because my grandma wasn't a very kind person to her family. She was to anyone she thought was important but not to her family definitely not to me and so i'm i just find that really curious that my brain decided that was the example to follow but as you guys know with all the abuse that i had with all of the aces that i lived through in my childhood i had a pretty distorted view of of just about anything and i also shut down my personal relationship with myself that would allow myself to to see who i am and understand myself that would allow myself to i mean figure out who am i so instead i became a people pleasing caretaking child from a very young age and had no idea of who i was and then you hit you know 18 to 25 and you know you want to get married i mean most of us have that drive inside of us and so you start looking for a marriage mate but you put your best foot forward, don't you? And that's what I did. I put my best foot forward. We didn't talk about all the trauma. I did I did mention to him that I had been sexually abused. When you talk to someone that you're thinking about marrying, those things come up. And so we did have that conversation, but I didn't have all of the conversations about all the things. And to be honest, like, how could I? You guys know that I think it was last week or the week before I talked about the repressed memory that threw me for a spin. How can you talk about things you don't even remember? But even before that repressed memory, probably within the last month, When my husband and I were talking, um, I was just expressing myself, which sometimes I have to do. And so it wasn't like a pointed conversation. But he listened and we probably talked for, he listened to me for probably a half an hour. And then he said, I've never heard that story before. I've never heard any of those things. And I said, yeah, well... I'm not really sure what I've told you, but I just, I know I told you about sexual abuse. I don't think I told you who or what or when or anything like that, but that it was in childhood and there was a lot of sexual dysfunction in the area that I grew up in. So he wouldn't have known that because I would not have told him that. But marrying someone with CPTSD is the perfect storm. And if, I mean, if the person hasn't healed from it, doesn't identify as having that, It will be a perfect storm one day, 20 20 years down the road. And that's exactly what happened to me. And I've mentioned that there was a time period a few years ago when I just woke up and was like, look, this is not working for me. I have to refigure this all out. And Justin was so kind and so loving. And to be honest, his end of the relationship was feeling that way, too. We were both in kind of the same place, but it was, it. was I was the first one who blew up, which is kind of usually how our relationship is anyways. I had started already on my journey to awakening. I was probably just the very beginning of it back in 2018. So I didn't know everything I know now, but also I could tell that I was awakening and that things were changing for me. It only makes sense to me that that would be the case, you know, that if you don't know yourself you're going to end up in that situation. So mine is the first one that we talked about. And that was, I had dealt with my trauma. Uh, I had gone to therapy and I felt like I was, you know, in a good place. And then I was young. I was like in my early twenties. I was active and young and excited to be alive and to be dating. When I met my husband, I put my best foot forward. I did talk a little bit about the abuse, but not super in great detail. And my husband told me his flaws and stuff. But of course, you're in that starry-eyed phase and in everything that you hear or see, you're just discounting. And so how about marrying someone who is the most comfortable to you because you're most familiar with that kind of dysfunction? And so you pick that relationship based on you know, the, the parent that you had the most strife with that you're trying to heal, continue that relationship and heal that wound, try to be seen by a parent or trying to be, you know, have the approval, that kind of situation. And believe it or not, I married my mom. (laughs) I did it by accident, but kind of on purpose, because I thought to myself, you know, I have to take care of my mom. So whoever I marry, has to think that my mom is as special as I think she is. And my husband values knowledge and he values growth and he values thinking outside of the box and thinking about space and all the things that my mom also values. So they hit it off immediately. And didn't that just warm my heart? Because now I knew I could take care of my mom the rest of her life, which is ridiculous. But also, even in our childhood, the three of my sister, my brother, and I had all decided that I would be the one that took care of my mom. And I wore that with with so much honor. So that's another type of situation that people find themselves in in their marriage. Um, What about if you have an abusive father or an abusive mother? And so conflict is scary. Conflict's not just like, oh, I hate conflict. I don't like to fight or anything like that. No, like your life depended on it. So you guys had to not live in conflict. You guys had to always be on the lookout for the slightest thing that would set the person off because they would abuse you. So you marry someone else who does not like conflict so that you never have to feel that way or very little anyways. That's another situation. What about somebody who had a lot of trauma in the childhood. Not the capital T trauma, like living in a war zone or (laughs) sexual abuse or watching your mom get the crap beat out of her. Not necessarily those type of things, but the other kind of traumas, like not being seen, not feeling like you're special, having a parent who was physically there, but emotionally unavailable. Those kind of traumas. And some people call them little T traumas, but the truth of the matter is that complex PTSD can have the same effect if it's a little thing or a big thing. It it All of us respond differently to that. Different situations, our makeups are different. Some of us are more extroverted and thinking and love people. And some of us are, are definitely born with the ability to feel other people's emotions and to sense the room and all of that stuff. And of course, we can be born with both. But It puts you in a situation where your needs are not met, you're not being seen, you're being neglected emotionally, maybe even feeling like you're starved for love because you didn't hear that word or because they didn't love you the way you needed. And so you put up these hard boundaries, you get of age, and then you make these rules that Your parents or your family, your siblings, whoever they are, have to follow because you can't have them coming in and disturbing you. You have to have that control, but you don't necessarily understand your own needs, so you can't even ask for those own needs anyways. Um, There's so many Different scenarios and you may have one of them. You may have all of them. The truth is that when we get married and we haven't even identified that we have complex PTSD or that we have had a lot of ACEs in our life, adverse childhood experiences that create trauma in our bodies and our nervous system is not able to handle it. And so we end up creating systems for survival that no longer work in adulthood. Even though we may have healed through trauma, even though we may have realized that there were some things that we didn't necessarily see ourselves as someone who had that trauma or maybe it wasn't that bad or something like that. So if there is a day that you do wake up from that, that you realize that something is is not right, it changes everything like it did for Justin and I. And I was really lucky because my husband grew up seeing his... I want to say like his great grandparents and then his grandparents and his parents all be married and fight and still not get divorced and stay together and honestly love each other, not just stay together, but honestly love each other. And like I said, my grandma was on her third marriage. But as it turns out, there's a lot of things that people with complex PTSD do, and it can really disrupt lives when it comes up. So people with this, as you guys know, have difficulty re- regulating their emotions. Um, it actually interrupts. Consciousness, so you have periods of disassociation. You have times when you don't remember things, or, or especially around time periods or or trauma, and that can feel really dysregulating in itself. And then you have times when you're in this growth period, and you all of a sudden have these memories come forth that you didn't remember before. How about perception issues? Because you're you see yourself, and sometimes you think you're trying to be strong, but you're so full of shame or guilt, or you feel helpless. And so those things come up. A lot of times, feelings of the flashbacks or the nightmares or the anxiety can make us feel a loss of faith or like there's we have a feeling of hopelessness. And then we have the inability to trust people around us, which makes it really hard to have relationships with other people. And then sometimes because we don't trust people around us, we put our spouse in that situation when something feels uncomfortable, it something doesn't add up to us, and then we do that. So... It can cause a lot of problems in relationships. I want to also talk about this other book I read, which was No More Mr. Nice Guy. I can't remember the author of the book right at this second, but I will put that in the show notes. But the important thing about this book is it talks about men who also have this kind of situation where they somehow got the idea at a young age that they had to take care of their mother or whoever was the feminine person in their life that was the adult, they had to take care of that person or else they would not get their needs met. And so these men bring the same situation into their marriage where they think that they have to take care of their wife or they're not gonna get love. For some men, sex is what they consider love. So we come into these relationships with not knowing ourselves and at young ages And putting our best foot forward. And then our husband or our future husband is also in the same situation where he doesn't know himself because all he has ever done is made sure that the women or the main woman caretaker in his life is okay. And that's all he knows how to do. And so he's always running from emotion to emotion, trying to chase your emotions down. And one day you wake up and go, I am so sick of him constantly asking me if I'm okay, constantly trying to dote on me or take care of my every need. And then the important things that he doesn't even realize are the things that you need because he's a man and not actually listening to you, but trying to do what he did for someone else or what he thought would keep him safe. Then he's not even taking care of the the small needs that are important. Like, hey, let me take a shower Um, or... (laughs) how about you clean my house once in a while um and let's just give props to my husband because i think that for the t- from the time my kid my first son was born to the time he was 15 i think my husband did all the dishes honestly you know it was my dark days and my memories aren't that great but i'm 95% sure that's the case but then you guys kind of come up to the situation I think what it might look like, and now, you know, I'm talking from experience and I'm talking from different books that I've read and how I put together my life and what I've seen in other people since reading these things. I'm not a doctor. I don't know for a fact, but this is what I'm thinking happens. I'm thinking that's the perfect storm I was talking about before. The man is not getting his needs met because number one, you don't want to have sex with a man who's not doing the things that he needs to be doing in the relationship, and he thinks he's doing all the things in the relationship. And he thinks, why are you not loving me? And he doesn't even realize he's still running the old pattern of thinking that he has to do something or take care of someone to get love. When in reality, we love them because they're beautiful people, because they're humans, and because they are just, you know, created. It's it's just a given thing. Love is given, right? Um, so it's not necessarily that they have to do something. but relationships are give and take so also we don't want it to be heavy like a seesaw or scale one one way up and one way down and then the woman on the other hand has this awakening in her she realizes now that she's taken care of all these kids and raised all these kids and given every single thing that she owns to all these kids including and anytime I feel that the um lunch applications for reduced or free lunch, which our school district made us fill out even if we didn't qualify. They said they got some credit for it or something. Or anytime I filled out anything for um, Department of Health and Human Resources, it always has a question on there. Do you ever not eat so that someone else in your house can eat? And that question, this must be an emotional subject for me because my eyes are swelling up, but um. okay <laughs> and I'm safe and I have enough food and I have enough money and I know that I have to put myself first now. So what I'm trying to say is that the application asked that because so many moms do that, don't they? Because they don't put themselves first. And they never realize these moms anyways, never realized that they had to. And that's how I was. It's so funny because, you know, I can take my daughter shopping for clothes in a heartbeat and not think about it. But I don't take myself shopping for clothes. I can give the boys all haircuts and get Hannah her haircut and sometimes even pay for her to get it colored. But I color my hair in a box. And I don't just color my hair in a box. I buy like the 5 or $6 box, not the 15 or $20 box of hair dye. You know, things like that. And so these moms, they're they're done with that, you know. And so it's like, hey, I've been putting everybody first. I've been making sure dinner's done when my husband gets home. Or I've been trying to take care of his needs. Like me, I, my grandma, my grandma's funny. She told me, and, and you know, like I said, she was my example for being married. She told me she tries to have sex with Papa at least three times a week. And, um, later in life, she told me, well, it's down to one now that's, but that's good for both of them or something like that. So when I got married to my husband, I said to myself, Oh, I'm going to have sex with him three times a week. And pretty much unless I was sick or having a baby, that's what I did. That's what I did. It was just part of the relationship. He went to work. I had sex with him three times a week. All of these things though, just like welled up in me and I couldn't handle it anymore. And I knew that something had to change. So we did change things. He did read the book, No More Than Mr. Nice Guy, which a friend recommended to him. He didn't. I didn't recommend that book to him. I didn't find it for him. It just happened to come in at the right time. Um, and so he read that book and I was reading some books and it was for us. It was the perfect storm, but we were able to handle it because we had both the right tools in front of us. But It was a rough two years. It was so rough. And at times I thought to myself, we're not going to make it. Even we would have a good day and then I I would, you know, have two or three bad days and I would think I'm not going to make it. But we did make it and we are making it. And we do at this point in time have a lot of peace between us and want to stay together, love each other very much. Um, Not that he would ever consider divorce because, like I said, he has a long history of married people in his family staying married. So um, that's really good. And then I also thought to myself as a young person, you know, I don't want to get married again and again. I want to just try it one time and stick with it, you know. Um, That comes from my grandparents because I told you my grandma's been married three times. So I had three grandpas. Um, And then they had all been married multiple times. I want to say maybe one of my grandpas was married like seven times. And I'm not I'm not kidding or exaggerating. Um, So I, I didn't want that. I thought I'll either end up with kids and single or else I'm going to end up married to the same man forever. So thank goodness for that. And thank goodness for the tools to get this right. So what's the answer? What's the answer to all of this, right? Um, Because it's a real big problem. It's real. You're not imagining. You probably feel alone and like no one understands. Um, I certainly did. And I certainly just thought that this would never make it. So I understand completely if you happen to be feeling this way. And maybe you've already gone through this. But um, complex PTSD is a real thing. And sometimes it comes up and then we have to face it. Sometimes things come up that make us face it. Sometimes it comes up on its own because we remember something or because, you know, as we grow and as individuals in age, sometimes we also grow in experience. And sometimes something happens in our life where we're able to stop and from a distance, look at ourselves and see, oh, wait, I got to change this. I'm telling you what it has been exhausting <laughs> doing all this growth in the last two months. It's been a lot of growth starting with you know making the podcast and my trip and wanting to work on money and starting another side side um, group that I'm teaching podcasting in it it takes a lot you know to go through all of this and to do all of these things even though they're positive and not building. I feel like I'm rambling now and I don't want to ramble. So we all get to begin our journey. And when we have had a lot of adverse things in our life from childhood, we come up with these ways of coping that don't serve us in adulthood. And we have to stop and we have to reanalyze, you know, where did that come from? Why am I doing it? And so some people are at that stage. Other people have already identified that they have a lot of things in their life that they need to get rid of. one thing I'd like to say is, you know, boundaries is a big deal when we're talking about um, complex post-traumatic stress syndrome. And I definitely want to do an episode on boundaries. I believe that as you get healthier and healthier, boundaries are an energetic change that happens because you um, start to feel healthier, start taking care of yourself. Taking your care of yourself is the key to feeling better, believe it or not. And as as you feel better, you're going to accept less. You're going to ex- let people step on your boundaries less. And I was just talking tonight about doing the podcasting group and how I'm learning how to have boundaries around my time and around, um, I guess, the different things that I'll do in the group and I scheduled an appointment today and the person said could I get on tonight and I said no that another day would be better and believe it or not I could not have said that 2 years ago <laughs> isn't that ridiculous I could not have said no I can't get on right now I would have just got on and and said to my family or whoever was waiting or whatever was going on that that I had to do this you know because I didn't know how to say no <laughs> it just All of the things that we're doing in this group, if you're here, you're probably doing it too. All of these things are coming together and they're creating strength in you and they're creating a situation where you're taking care of yourself, your physical needs, your emotional needs, your boundary needs, food, moving your body, all of those things, becoming a healthier person. I guess I'm saying the moral of the story is that if you are a person who had um a lot of aces, a lot of adverse childhood experiences, then you got married. There probably is going to be a, a point in life when you have to look at everything and figure it all out again because you have developed as a person. You now have probably some kind of awakening that is causing you to need change in the relationship. And so you have to stop and give the relationship some time and realize it's going to feel so cruddy for a while. But this is part of the growth. This is part of the hidden healing that we have to do so that our marriages can feed our souls and not make us feel sucked dry of all of our energy and bitter. And so it's it's coming for anybody who did not know themselves when they got married, for anybody who did not have boundaries, for anyone who thought that their position in life was just to be the caretaker of everyone around them. You're going to have to stop. And you're going to have to look at things, and you're going to have to figure out who you are and what you need from this person in your life. So... I just want to put this out there. I want to share my experiences, as you know, because my marriage is far from perfect. But what I can say is that we are definitely loyal to each other and have been there for each other in our hard times and in our good times. We want to be there, too. So we are making this work every day and we're finding joy where we can and trying to give each other grace and in our growing in our relationship and our growing with ourselves and take take a step back and and really just appreciate each other as much as possible. So, I'm rambling again, so I'm going to end it here. I hope that this is helpful to somebody, to anybody who is listening and if you have any questions that I can help you with, if you need a listening ear, please reach out to me at the hidden healing on Instagram. I would be happy to get on a Zoom call and have a chat with you. Just be a listening ear if that's what you need. As always, if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify and can leave a five-star review, we would absolutely love that. And if you're on Apple, if you want to leave a written review, we appreciate that so much because it helps our podcast grow and get out to more people who can also learn and listen to this podcast and even share it with other people. I hope that you guys all head through your week with joy and happiness and all the good feelings.